Welcome back to SSJ Trump. My name is Lodge Cooper. Today's episode, we'll be talking about the judicial branch. This is the second episode of my podcast. I'm so excited to be doing this again. Keep in mind, everything I'm about to say is my opinion, as always. I ain't trying to cause no hate in this world or have another riot going on, because we're already doing a riot now. So, without further ado, let's get this podcast going. Let's begin. The Judicial Branch. Mm. I think one, I think that'll probably be one of my favorite branches, because of Judge Judy, the TV show, of course. So, what I think about the judicial branch is it's mostly like a like a dictionary of the law it, it is it basically just explains the laws so but there's a problem most people even the other branch believe that that's the weakest uh, branch between the other two there were a handful of cases that made the judicial branch look like fresh meat in a lion cage. No, I'm not even lying right there. Take, for example, the U.S. versus Lopez case. On March 10, 1992, 12th grader Alfonso Lopez Jr. carried an unloaded gun, handgun into his high school in San Antonio, Texas. Lopez was arrested and charged with violence and federal gun-free zone, school zone act, which make it a criminal for any individual acknowledging or pressing a firearm in a school zone. Lopez was found guilty by a trial court and sentenced six months in prison and two years of probation. The gun-free school zone is basically a law that says a crime for who for whoever brings a school no brings a gun to a school is a crime so but so I, I kind of agree because you're not supposed to bring guns to school it's kind of retarded but the judicial branch sentenced him for six months and he was 18 I believe Yes, I believe you played Tang. And the congressman saw what happened, and the congressman decided to to say, "Hey, we just go, we just gonna change the name because y'all weak and stuff." So they changed the right right in front of the judicial branch's face. They wrote, they rewrote the Gun Free School Zone Act of 1990 to include and require substantial effects. It basically connects the in-state commerce and using that justification of other federal gun control laws. So, basically, the congressman is basically just lowballing the judicial branch. Now, what I say is judicial branch should just stand up for themselves, but... I'm not going to speak on what I think is right because it ain't my job to. I'm just giving people my uh, thoughts about it. Um, I would say the next surprising thing that I found out was the case between Dred Scott and Stanford. Now, I haven't really known about this case. But I heard 
that hmm, my apologies okay we're back so like i said another case that i was surprised i heard about was dread scott versus Dress guy versus Stanford. That's his name. Okay. So basically, Dress guy was a slave owned by John Irvison of Missouri. So Irvison took Scott from Missouri also as well. So which is a slave state apparently, and he took him all the way back to Louisiana. Slaves was banned by the Missouri Compression Compromise of eighteen twenty. When Emerson later brought him back to the Missouri, Scott sued for his freedom in the Missouri court. So, after that, they issued the Fourth Amendment in the, to the U.S. Congress. And they granted mostly every single slave their freedom, even former slaves. We're going to freedom. And they was granted equal protection of the law. One of the three amendments passed during the reconstruction era to slave slavery. Um so basically what happened was when Drescott hey, yeah, Drescott, he was transferred to a state that banned slavery but John Everson didn't care much about it so he still sent him there so then he got sued in the Missouri court and wanted his freedom so after that happened the US congressman made the fourth amendment which granted everybody slavery, which I kind of said that already, but I want y'all get a better understanding. And basically, it became a basic to any landmarks Supreme Court decisions over the over the years. It still happens today. Also, okay, and lastly, what I want to talk about is the case between his name was War Sir versus Georgia. I believe this name is. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Georgia made a law to the, I think their name was Cherokee, Cherokee Territory. And they they wanted, Georgia wanted uh, them to swear their loyalty and oath to the state. And they authority to arrest Worcester, War- I think I believe his name is. Apologies if I got it wrong. So, after, well, so, Worcester, yeah, I think his name is, argued with Georgia that the law that he made against Cherokee territory, they, they, they had no right to do that. And I actually agree with them because you can't make a per- make a state or a group of people swear loyalty to you because that's kind of like slavery to if you if you ask me because 
swear your loyalty and what do what they get returned? Wait, what they get returned? Four thousand people dead. No, I don't think that's good enough for me. So the Juicer Branch needs to step up their game because the other two branches are making them look like crap and let make them look like sorry. I have a guest speaker today with me. So I'ma ask them the follow questions, you know, what is the judicial branch? Have you heard about the Lopez versus the United States case? And what do you think who's the weakest branch is? So Mr. Rivers, how do you feel today? I'm feeling fine. That's good to hear. Now I have a crush I have a bunch of questions I need I wanna ask you. So Let's might as well get to it. So let's start out with an easy question. What, in your opinion, when your own words, is the judicial branch? Right, so the judicial branch. Uh, so I'll start off by saying there are actually three branches of government. You have the executive branch, the legislative, and the judicial branch. Uh, the judicial branch is the branch of government that actually executes the laws. Okay? And so at a national level, you have the Supreme Court, for example. Uh, at some of the more state and city levels, you have uh, all the way down to the police force, uh, some of your district prosecutors, things of that nature. So that's the, ju- ju- the I'm sorry, the judicial branch of government. Uh, their entire focus is executing the law. Okay, I have another question for you. Now, a lot of people say the judicial branch is the weakest branch. Now, I kind of believe that but i really want to see what your opinion is about this so do you think the judicial branch is the weakest so i actually wouldn't say that the judicial branch is the weakest branch of government um i would actually tend to say that the executive branch uh the branch office of the president is actually from a power perspective the weakest Uh, branch of government Um, the reason I will say that if you think about what it means to have the power to execute or not execute the law and so that's in itself is a is a huge strength Uh, not as much in executing the law but uh, in not executing the law the judicial branch can actually determine how people act Uh, they can make a group of people um, stronger or better uh, just because they, the law is in their hands uh, across the across the board. Uh, since they are localized, if you allow me, so state and local government, uh, the judicial branch can, branch can decide, determine whether or not they want to act in accordance uh, of the things that have been determined by the executive and legislative branches. And there are a number of different examples about that. That's actually one of the reasons that racism lasted so long after nationally it was declared illegally because the judicial branch of the government determines what they execute and what they don't execute in terms of law. And so in my opinion, the judicial branch is actually pretty powerful uh, from that standpoint. Interesting. You said it a powerful branch between both of them, but I also have like a concern because I read about the U.S. versus the Lopez case 
And I heard the Congress change the law right in front of the judicial branch's face. So, what do you have to say about that? Okay, so U.S. versus Lopez. Uh, And so, what happened in that case was that a 12th grader came onto the school campus knowingly with a concealed uh, weapon. It was in Texas. And... um, he was charged by Texas for a firearm possession, but then he was charged by federal law for violating a, a school zone because you, you can't have a firearm on a school zone. And so actually that, that plays into my, my answer to the previous question in terms of which branch is, is the is not necessarily the weakest, but which branch is the strongest because I believe the legislative branch is the strongest branch of government. Uh, the legislative branch has the ability to make laws. They create the laws that the judicial branch then uh, is supposed to execute. And so, and also it going as far as the legislative branch uh, regulates commerce, the legislative branch can declare war. And so just shows you the power of the legislative branch. And so in that particular case in U.S. versus Lopez, while the judicial branch said we wanted to execute law this way, the legislative branch can kind of come back uh, because they they have written the law and they know all of the uh, bylaws, the, the nooks and, and crevices of every law and say, hey, this is how that person should be uh, prosecuted at the federal level. Now, um, and, and they can then get involved federally to reverse a decision uh, made by the judicial branch. However, you know, now you're talking about things going to another level of the judicial branch outside of just the state uh, and moving towards the direction of the Supreme Court. And so, uh, but yeah, that's that was what happened with U.S. versus Lopez. The, the Texas ruling was changed um, because there was another law that had been violated at the federal level. Okay. Okay, I also had talked about the Dred Scott case versus the yeah, Dred Scott versus Stanford. Stanford, Stanford. Okay. Um, I just want to know what you know about that case because according to what well, was taught, Dred Scott was a slave and and was transferred to Missouri and taken it up to that was a state that banned slavery. And he sued John Erickson, I believe his name is, John Erickson. And he sued for a frequent and he won the case. So tell me what you think about that case. Yeah, so Dred Scott, um, I'm going to think. I just worked at the Civil Rights Museum as like an 18-year-old. So but anyway, breakthrough, uh, you had slave owners who took Dred Scott from Missouri so that's so he, he was he was in Missouri and the people who enslaved him actually went to Missouri and brought him back. But before then, Missouri as a state had already banned slavery. And so Dred Scott, the Dred Scott case was actually a breakthrough uh, for blacks who weren't considered citizens just because he sued the slave owners for his freedom based upon the fact that he was already free and they wronged him by then making him enslaved and doing so was illegal because the place that they took him from had already banned slavery. 
And so, um, once again, a major breakthrough in uh, African-American civil rights uh, with the Dred Scott uh, with the Dred Scott versus Sanford decision. There you have it. This is what I think about the judicial branch. Thanks for listening to another podcast from yours truly. This is Jay Trump. Like the great man said, build walls to your dreams and stay smooth.